Hi, friends. Welcome to the Connected Families Podcast. I'm so glad you joined us today. I'm Stacey Bellward, your host. I'm so looking forward to today's podcast. I have Chad and Karma Hange with me to talk about teaching your kids how to pray. Chad has worked with Connected Families for over 15 years. Chad's a marriage and family therapist and heads our Connected Families coaching certification program, among many other things that he does. But Chad and Karma together have led the Connected Families prayer ministry. Karma has a passion for prayer and has been involved in prayer ministries for years. They have three young adult daughters, and I'm so thrilled to be able to talk to them today about their journey of how they've taught their girls how to pray, and I think probably many others. So with that, listen in on our conversation. So hi, Chad and Karma. How are you guys today? Doing great. Hey, Stacy. Hi, Stacy. Doing well. Glad to be here today with you. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're here talking about how to teach your kids how to pray. Tell us about your family, Karma. Well, we have three daughters, all young adult age. Neither of us grew up with sisters, so (laughs) it was an interesting (laughs) experience in raising daughters, but... I remember looking at karma at times thinking, wow, my brother would never let me get away with that. I'd say, what what is going on here? And she would say things like, well, my brothers wouldn't let me get away with that either, so I don't know. (laughs) So raising girls was a a new adventure for us. (laughs) Oh, I love it too. You know that I have two daughters too, so we have two households of all girls. Yes. Yes. Familiar with that. I love it. I love it. So Karma and Chad, I'm so thrilled that you join me at the microphone today to talk about this topic that I know is really near and dear to both of your hearts. Um, But from what I understand, having talked earlier, the journey of prayer in your family kind of started with you, Karma. So maybe would you mind starting us off with kind of your childhood? What was prayer like as you were growing up? Well, I had a unique upbringing. First of all, I was adopted at the age of six. And so prior to the adoption, I had no training in prayer or Bible reading or any new, didn't really know anything about God. And immediately after I was adopted, my family moved to the Amazon jungle. My parents were missionaries with Wycliffe Bible translators. And that environment was just perfect for getting to know the Lord in a very personal way. And prayer was so central to our survival, really. And I just had a front row seat to seeing how God answered prayers and how faith was such a huge part of our lives. I understood at a pretty young age that it was not about doing something, but getting to know someone. And I learned about the power of God and his power to answer prayer. So it was very unique. And I'm so thankful for that. I only spent a few years in the Amazon, but I'm just so thankful for those few years where the seed was planted for prayer, for Bible reading and for getting to know God. Our listeners know, and I think, you know, too, Karma, right, that I'm a missionary kid too. Only um, my experience was in East Africa. So I would love to talk to you a whole other episode about all those (laughs) stories that I'm sure that you have that we missionary kids get to share. But Chad, I'm guessing your story is a little different because I don't think you spent your childhood in the Amazon, did you? I spent my time in the the jungles of Iowa. (laughs) 
And I think it was probably a lot more traditional in terms of what I think most American parents would model for their kids. There's a, a faith in Christ, but oftentimes prayer for at meals and uh, then prayer, you know, at bedtime. Maybe if something urgent came up that then we might stop and pray, but it was pretty much those two times a day and knew that prayer was important, but didn't really know why and felt more like it was maybe talking to somebody out there, less of a personal interaction and more of a, well, this is what we're supposed to do, maybe more duty oriented. Sure. Um, So that would have been at least how I would have viewed prayer early on. I would add that although I saw it modeled as a very personal relationship with Jesus, I did get into a very legalistic pattern. And my parents taught us the acts, the adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. And it was sort of a box to check. And I went throughout life sort of in that frame. But in my late 30s, probably, I just had this event, spiritual awakening, I would call it, where I realized for myself that I really was talking to a person and not a force. And that was the Holy Spirit. It was like I was reintroduced to who he is. And that's kind of when my prayer life really changed. And at that time, Chad was working a couple nights a week. And I remember thinking those nights, oh, I can't wait to get the kids to bed at eight so I can watch the eight o'clock movie. And when I had this spiritual awakening, I couldn't wait until eight o'clock so I could have my time with the Lord. And that was the other thing that changed. I was taught that you had to have your devotions right when you woke up. And and the Lord just like said to me, no, I really treasure our times at night and you can have your devotions at night. It doesn't have to be at a certain time of day. And so there was a point where I understood that, no, this is a person, not a force. And he just can't wait to have that time with me. That's really beautiful. So he was kind of breaking you out of a legalistic framework. And I've been taught that acts model too, and it, and it works and it's great. And, you know, any of these kinds of things are good, but when it becomes a, a, just a method that you walk through, I think that's what I'm hearing you say. It, It didn't have life to it for you. Right. So how many kids and how old were your kids at that time? We had, I believe Bailey, our middle was about two years old. So Sydney wasn't born yet when that, that happened. Okay. So you had two littles when this happened and you were about 30 years old. Chad was working in the evenings and Chad, what did you notice? I thought our marriage was at an all-time high. And, <laughs> you know, I think early on in marriage or even the first six or eight years, we just were, you know, having little spats and back and forth and what probably is pretty normal. And then it seemed like we weren't. And I just remember thinking, wow, we are really getting along. This is really great. And, and as I was talking to Karma, I knew something was going on with her. Something was changing. And as we were talking, I mentioned to her about how well things were going. And, and she said, yeah, you know, the Lord really convicted me and that I used to come to you when I started to see things that I didn't like. And I would comment on those to you. And, and it's like the Lord just said, if you have a problem with Chad, you have a problem with me. So bring your problems that you have with Chad to me. And then if you still have a problem, then talk to Chad. That was a really humbling thing to hear. I was like, what? You still have problems with me, but now you're talking to God about them? Okay. But it it somehow, it felt really 
just like an, an amazing transformation. Like there's a modeling for me in that that was really significant. Wow, I don't have to tell karma everything that I don't like or that I wish were different or things that might annoy me. I'm going to go to the Lord and be refined by the Lord. And then if there are whatever still remains or exists is something that then we can talk about. That was really shocking to me. And it was mm -hmm. like, something's going on with her and I like it and I'm curious about it, but I'm not exactly sure what to do with this. But I remember going home and saying to Chad, I may never say one word in that group, but I can't wait to go back next week. <laughs> and it began a journey of learning how to pray. And it became less about the methods and more about entering into his presence. And just, it was a conversation. He showed up, his presence was so real. So you're on this journey and you're learning new things. Your prayer life is taking on a whole new dimension of it's not rote. You're not figuring out what you're going to say in a prayer meeting. It's more about relationship and, and coming to the Lord. And so that started affecting your marriage. I know as a mom, anything that we learn, we want to start passing on to our kids because that's who we are. So how did you start to think about prayer and then think about teaching your kids how to pray? What did that start to look like? I was beginning to understand that it wasn't so much learning to do something, but to know someone. And so anything that smacked of a program or I was just like, I don't want anything to do with that. And I also was beginning to understand that the way to learn how to pray is to see it modeled. And so my heart was to just really model it for my children in as many ways as possible. And so I don't think we can look back and say we did this method or we tried various forms of prayer. We just really tried to model it well. And I've asked each one of the girls, what do you remember about prayer growing up? So Karma, what I'm hearing is that you really had learned a whole new paradigm for prayer. It wasn't, you know, rote. It wasn't worrying about what you were going to say when you were in a group, you know, like thinking through your prayer, those kinds of things. But prayer really was about coming to the Lord, coming to a person and building that relationship with him. I love how you were coming to the Lord with all the things about your marriage and about Chad. <laughs> there weren't that many things, Stacey. Okay. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it was affecting your life and your marriage. And so I know as a mom, when I start to learn new things, I'm immediately thinking about how I can pass on this new newness to my kids and teach them how to pray. So what was going through your mind as far as how prayer sounded with your kids and what you wanted to teach them? So I was beginning to learn at that time that the best way to teach prayer was to model it. And I was so touched by how Jesus was a person, not a force, and that prayer was so personal that I was kind of backing away from any kind of, it's a method. Mm -hmm. And I just really wanted our daughters to understand that it wasn't something they did as much as someone they wanted to get to know and who wanted to get to know them. And I think the climate in our house changed. Again, it's it's not like I didn't pray. I was in ministry and prayed a lot and helped other people, you know, learn about faith and youth ministry and things like that. 
But I think the culture and the, the temperature in our house started to shift and change in that it was probably a little bit calmer. Uh, and there were also just the modeling, I think. And we can talk more about what that looked like. But I, I think the even inadvertently, now that I look back on it, I think there was just some really good modeling taking place, even though we weren't all that interested in getting into here's the method for how to pray. And we might have even gone a little, you know, on the other side of the spectrum, like, oh, we don't want to do methods when I think methods are actually helpful as long as we can keep it in the context of it's not the method, it's it's a way of praying and who we're praying to and keeping that focus. But I know that the temperature in our house shifted spiritually as well as Karma was learning and growing in, in prayer ministry and just understanding prayer. Well, I want to hear a lot more about that and just what that shift really looked like and how you facilitated that shift. But let's do that after the break. So we'll come back in just a minute. Hi, friends. We have an online course that you could start today called The Power of Questions, Less Arguing, More Wisdom. We get lots of questions from parents every day. Here's one of them. My four-year-old son struggles to focus. I often find myself repeating requests like, go get your jammies on, multiple times before I believe that he's even heard my request. What can I do to help him hear me sooner and encourage his follow-through? Well, we have an answer for that, parents. My coworker, Chad Hange, and I are certified coaches. We learned really early that asking our kids curious questions instead of telling all the time was a complete game changer. I mean, telling over and over, go get your jammies on. It gets tiring, doesn't it? Well, the Power of Questions online course will teach you how to make a big shift. Instead of a me versus you tone where the parent feels responsible to get the child to do what they're supposed to do and the child resists, Chad and I learned that we can shift the tone of our house to a teamwork mentality where parents and children of all ages come together to solve problems. You know, problems like the wet towels are on the bathroom floor 90% of the time. Well, the power of questions, less arguing, more wisdom is a four session course. You can sign up yourself and take it today or grab a few friends and do it as a group. Sandra said this after finishing the course. The Power of Questions online course gives a solid foundation for why and how to ask thoughtful, meaningful questions. I love how the course takes you through practical steps that helped our entire family start to build the life skill of asking quality questions that build understanding and grow wisdom. We even watched parts of it with our 8 and our 10-year-old children to ignite problem solving. Well, I love that testimony. And you can find the Power of Questions online course at connectedfamilies.org or you can find a link in our show notes. All right, Chad and Karma, here we are back after the break. And I really want to get into the nitty gritty of what it looked like in your home with your kids. Um, Karma, you had said that as you started this journey, your first two were born and they were quite little. So then a third one came along. And so through the next, you know, 10, 15 years, what did it look like to grow that culture of prayer with your kids? One choice that we made was to make bedtime a time where we could do sort of an extended time of prayer and conversation. And I could be remembering totally incorrect, but I feel like bedtimes were really not the huge battles that we sometimes hear. 
And I think it's because we had that time of connection. They were always very eager to share and no topic was off the table for prayer. So we did have that time at bedtime and it was a very, did you do that with them individually or all together? We did that individually. And there was a time when Chad was doing quite a bit of traveling and bedtime can be so overwhelming. And so the plan that I came up with is I told the girls that if they went to bed and stayed in bed, that each of the nights that Chad was gone, I would spend an extended time with each one of them individually. And so they would each have their own night and they were totally happy with that. And it went great. I remember that we also began this pattern of singing a song with them. That's what they remember most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. the song was how lovely on the mountain are the feet of those who bring good news. Do you want to sing it for us? No, I'm not. Chad does. <laughs> Jim and Lynn would do it, but I don't think you want to hear us. <laughs> and the chorus is Our God Reigns. Mm-hmm. And so we would have this time of worship and prayer. And then at some point we switched to the song, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something, something about, about that, that name. name. And they remember that more than any method or intentionality. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think for us too, we're not exactly the models for keeping the schedule, the routine, the exact, you know, for the next 15 years, we're going to do this. But yeah. bedtime was one of those things that we just made a commitment to, to be able to spend that time as best we could. You know, life is hard and fast sometimes, so you can't spend as much time as you might like at different times. But that was a time, and I think of modeling prayer as well. And as we would pray with our kids um, and the things that Karma's learning, she's modeling and she's sharing even different ways of praying. And so trying to get out of that, just pray for me, you know, the rote, God bless my mom, God -hmm. bless my dad, God bless my sisters. Not that there's anything wrong with that. We just don't want to stay there. We don't want to have that be like the prayers that we have for the rest of our lives. And so even trying to help them think through about what, what we might be praying for, what we're actually saying to God, that it's a real person we're praying to, not just kind of out there. So say more about that, Chad, like how would you prep the girls? I know, you know, I can think about even when I was a kid and then even with my girls too, right? We do get into that and it's like, okay, you know, thank you for today. Thank you for my school. Thank you for grandma, you know, and you know, the topic of this podcast is how to teach our kids how to pray. So what did that look like? One of the things that we used, and I think our kids really enjoyed is we had a picture Bible and uh, it's kind of a comic book. It was pretty thick, had lots of stories and went through the whole Bible. And I think even just looking at that and seeing how the biblical characters needed God, how they prayed, what God did in response to their prayers, you know, would, would help our kids start to get maybe a little bit bigger vision and picture of what God is really like and who God really is. And that that God that we're reading about there is actually with us right here and right now mm. and hears us and cares about us and wants to, to hear from us as well. You know, that was one of those tools that we would have used as well. And one of the things that greatly disturbed me while raising kids was when I would misplace something. And 
I just wanted to be known as the mom who was super organized. And so when I couldn't find something, I just would beat myself up. As I'm journeying in this process of learning how to pray, it occurred to me that I could model this really well of asking the Lord to help me find that lost item. And so it was also just trying to figure out how to incorporate prayer in the practical trials and troubles of everyday life. And that definitely is not a method. It's very spontaneous and So I began to ask the Lord, Lord, where did I place my glasses? And then when, when he would show me and I would include the girls and let's pray for, I can't Mm -hmm. find my glasses. And then when I would find it, then let's thank the Lord, you know, so it was just very practical, but I wasn't doing that intentionally. I can't say that that was the method I was following. It was more of, let's just figure out how to make this an everyday part of our lives. And later on in high school, my oldest daughter just shared that a friend of hers had actually misplaced her glasses. And she thought, you know, mom did this. I can (laughs) do this with my friend and ask the Lord to help her find this friend's glasses. And she set her hand down exactly on the the glasses. So Mm -hmm. it was like immediate. Um, But I was also aware of at the time, I really was truly aware that I didn't want them to think about prayer as I'm only praying to get an answer to get something. We're asking the Lord for our faith to grow so that no matter what the answer is, it's okay. We can wait on the answer. If it's no, or maybe the answer will be yes. Mm -hmm. But The goal was not to necessarily get an answer, but to ask the Lord to grow us in our faith. So I feel like that was a very important part of of the modeling well. I know on podcasts before I've talked about living my life out loud and just kind of saying what's going on because kids are really, you know, poor interpreters of what they're observing, right? They observe things and then they place an interpretation on it. So it's like, how do we just live that out? I think that's part of what karma is talking about as well. It's like, Hey, this is what's going on. I could go over here and pray and maybe God would answer that prayer, but I can model it in front of my kids and say, Hey, let's pray. Or if we heard of somebody um, that was sick. We don't have to wait till bedtime to hear about that. We can say, hey, well, let's just pray for that person right now. Again, it, it's 10 seconds. If prayers get really long and laborious and kids are yawning and you know it's middle of the day and they're just like, ah, is this ever going to end, right? That's not what we really want to do. We, prayers can be 10 words, teaching our kids how to just ask somebody if, if they could pray for them and, and then speaking 10 words over them. God, would you bless this person and encourage them today? Amen. Right? That's a prayer. That's a mm-hmm. blessing over somebody rather than thinking that it's oh, these perfect words I have to say mm-hmm. are so impractical. Like we would never talk to anybody right. in big flowery words. We would just say it in some pretty basic terms. Oh, I like that. So what I hear you saying is that it wasn't like you had a big prayer meeting with your family, you know, multiple times a week where you were teaching them, you know, methods and this, and this is what I want you to, you know, this is what we're going to do. It really was this ebb and flow with the knowledge that God is with us at every moment. And he wants to come into my, our daily, our daily things, all the things that we're dealing with. And that's how you modeled prayer. And we also had family meetings at the time. So once a week, I think it was Sunday Sunday nights. And that was a really good time to pray. Anything that came up in that meeting that we could just naturally say, well, why don't we just spend a little time praying about that? Mm -hmm. And if we're going to talk about methods, again, we weren't intentionally doing a certain method, but it did occur to me that we had one daughter who was very artistic. And I do remember at one time encouraging her to draw 
any of her prayers. If she couldn't express it, how would she express it with a picture? And that was a stretch to suggest that because I am not very artistic. So I think for parents to think about their kids, what are their gifts? How can they express their faith if it's not verbally can be through art? Praying on a walk, right? If the only time we're going to pray is around the dinner table and everybody has to sit still with their heads bowed and their their, hands clasped and Mm -hmm. now this is prayer, prayer happens in lots of places. So being able to to be on a, a nature walk and pray and thank God for what we're seeing or ask God for things on a bike ride or movement. It's not just in this one place that mm-hmm. we find prayer. But I will say that we did utilize tools. Well, there are a number of books that we would read. One of our favorites, and we've probably read it to our kids multiple times, is called Prison to Praise. It's a book written in the 60s by Merlin Carruthers. It just talks about his growing faith and his and desire to praise God in all things. There are some pretty cool prayers and some pretty interesting connections there that I think our kids were able to make. Uh, Lauren Cunningham, the founder of Youth with a Mission, I wrote a book called, Is That Really You, God? And it just speaks of his labor in prayer and then how God would show up in miraculous ways as he spent not five minutes praying, but nights praying. You know, just our little two-minute prayer, it's a good thing, but wow, there's so much more here. And we subscribe to Voice of the Martyrs, which is not exactly your feel-good kind of magazine in terms of its content, but it started to, I think, deepen uh, the understanding of the needs around the world and how people were sacrificing their life it's for the gospel but there's so much more than i hope i get an xbox for for christmas yeah, yeah. Right? and that's okay but it's not just about me it's a, mm-hmm. it's about what god is up to in the world and how we can be agents of change in in joining god's work you know that was at the heart behind it all and so beautiful because i know from your family that you spent a year or two as missionaries in Mexico, and now you're one of your daughters is on the mission field. So as we expose our kids to God and his work around the world, and we bring that home into our everyday life, into our prayer life, it expands their vision of their role in the kingdom. Yeah, that's so good. Chad and Karma, thank you so much for coming to the microphone today and sharing your heart and your journey with prayer and how you taught your kids to pray. It's a privilege. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for the invite, Stacey. You're welcome. Are you enjoying our podcast? Please rate and review so others can find us more easily. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. All the information about the Power of Questions online course is found through a link in our show notes and at connectedfamilies.org. Registration is open. Sign up today. For more information, go to connectedfamilies.org. Oh,